O Atamaria Tefano o Ihu Karaiti, no mai harimai ki ilam, namahi mahana ki koto katoa. It's really a wonderful privilege and pleasure to have your company. Really warm welcome from um, myself and Mike. And if you are visiting, we'd love to meet you in our guest lounge. We've got everything happening after the service. So exciting. Yay, coffee and um, connection. So yeah, do do hang around. It'd be lovely to meet you. Well, I want to begin um, my message this morning by asking you a question. Um, can you remember the first day of a new school year? So for some of you, you might need to think back Some of you might need to think way back. The first day of a new school year, you know, I can remember having three questions that I wanted answered. Uh, Number one, uh, what class was I going to be in? Number two, who was my teacher? And thirdly, and most importantly, who was I sitting next to? Because I learnt rather quickly that who you sat next to had a profound impact uh, on how your year at school would go. Now, um, I seem to work out quite quickly that teachers would put students in two categories. You were, you were either the student who was utilized for your ability to influence people positively, and so by which teachers would put naughty students with you. Yes, you know, you know that. <laughs> or you were in the second category where you were positioned based on your profound ability to influence people negatively, where teachers would uh, not put um, or remove anyone far from you um, who could be a distraction or who were easily led astray. Now, do you know which category you were in? Uh-huh. You can turn to the person next to you. You might actually go, oh, wow, I'm probably sitting in the wrong place this morning. <laughs> I, of course, was in category number one. Can't be sure what Mike was. (laughs) Well, you know, who you sat next to, um, as in school, I believe it is important um, in life. You know, who you do life with will have a profound impact on how your journey plays out. There's an anonymous quote that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So true. Well, today is Small Group Sunday, and I want to give a shout out to all of our small group leaders and all of our small group coaches. You know who you are. Come on, let's give them a hand. They're amazing. They do an awesome job. We really appreciate you all. Um, Here um, in Whangarei, at our campus here, we have um, almost... 50 small groups here, which is amazing. It's an amazing thing. You know, as we continue to grow bigger, uh, it is so on our hearts that we would grow smaller together. Um, This message this morning is inspired by our senior pastor, Bex Green. And there's really one thing we want you to know and remember today. And that is this, that together is better. Together is better. Why? Because we need each other. We need each other. Oh, never use an iPad that doesn't belong to you. There we go. If I have troubles, I'll get Mike up here. <laughs> cool. Well, we're going to explore a passage this morning um, that, um, that talks about a particular man who was sitting in a particular place. And he was sitting because he was paralyzed. And uh, I think if he was here to speak to us this morning, he would say that he was really um, fortunate where he was sitting and with whom he was sitting with as we find his story being told in Luke chapter 5. And you can read along with me on the screen or if you have our Elam Christian Centre app, that's really awesome. And you've got um, access to notes there. So reading this morning, on one of those days when he, Jesus, was speaking, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village 
uh, of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. And just then some men came, carrying on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. Since they could not find a way uh, to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles. How cool is this? In the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Never had anyone do that in my home. Seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to think to themselves, well, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied, why are you thinking this in your hearts? What is it easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? And so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately he got up before them, he picked up what he'd been lying on, and he went home glorifying God. Everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God, and they were filled with awe. I love this. We have seen incredible things today. Would you pray with me this morning? Um, God, I just thank you for just your beautiful presence here. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being able to worship together as a corporate body of believers. And Lord, as, um, as we just looked to your word, I just pray that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would give new revelation and insight and encouragement. And Lord, I pray we would leave different than how we came in here. Lord, I pray that we would truly get an understanding that, um, that, that Lord, you designed us for community, that life is better together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I've read this story many times before. Maybe some of you here, this might be your first time hearing this story. But for me, I always um, find it amazing. You know, the Word of God is so rich in revelation. And sometimes you can read a story and you can always find new new things that God is speaking to you about. And, you know, I'd always thought that um, the men that carried the paralyzed man to Jesus were his friends. Uh, I thought maybe they were family or brothers. But in the telling of the story in three of the four Gospels, actually it doesn't say his friends. It just says some men. And it got me thinking, well, I wonder how these men knew this paralyzed man because they must have known him somehow. And I was like, maybe they also sat, possibly begged with him. Maybe they were part, they were some needy people in the community. Or maybe they were some wealthy people who owned businesses, maybe people that had helped him before. And the Bible doesn't say, um, how, you know, who they were. He, it just says some men. But I, I bet that he was glad, the paralyzed man would have been very glad where he was and with whom he was on that day because where he sat mattered. Where he sat mattered. And I wonder, friend, if there's going to come a time in your life when perhaps the people positioned around you are going to become incredibly important. Why? Because this man couldn't get to Jesus on his own. He needed these men. And perhaps the story can act as a reminder to us all that uh, to you and I, that there are going to be seasons of our lives where we simply can't get to where we need to go on our own. We can't get to our breakthrough on our own. We need people to carry us to Jesus. And uh, that is why community is so important. And this morning, in the time we've got left, I just want to share three things that together means. And number one in your notes, together, I believe, means a shared perspective. 
Together means a shared perspective. Um, Fun and obvious fact about me is that I am quite short. I am 158 centimetres short. I even, um, I feel very blessed that these days that I can buy shoes that have an inbuilt heel, these ones that I'm wearing do. I'm just really grateful. (laughs) I'm like, I'm over wearing heels on stage. I'm like, I don't want to fall over. But I can still have a little bit extra height in my sneakers. Um, So yes, I am short. A bit of a running joke in our house is that it's like, oh, mum, you probably need a booster seat too. You know, you're not far off the limit. I was like, yes, you're probably right. (laughs) But because I'm short, um, you know, I can remember going to some um, concerts, some music festivals. One of the very first ones I went to was Parachute Christian Music Festival. I don't know if any of you have been there in Matamata. It was at um, Tōtara Springs Camp. And there's an amazing natural amphitheatre in like the middle of a field. It's like God just kind of you know, made a stage, Um, and it's an amazing sight, but it was never going to work for me. So when my favorite bands came, there was no way I was going down on the ground close to the stage, because all I could see was the back of the person in front of me, or smell the sweaty armpits of the teenage boys in front of me, and I was like, no thank you, you know, that's not going to work for me. So I had to have a different perspective. Thankfully, I could go up on the bank, and when Mike used to come with me, of course he sat there with me, and so I was really pleased about that. But, but you know, I would often say to my friends, how was it up close, you know, tell me what I couldn't see, tell me what I missed out on, and then I would share with them my perspective of being up high. And uh, the point I'm trying to make here this morning is that we need each other to see what we don't see. We need each other to see what we don't see. Um, Together is a shared perspective. There's such power in that. You know, the men that carried the paralyzed man to Jesus, they could stand. They could see what he couldn't see. They could see where Jesus was. They could see through the crowd. They could see that there needed to be another way. Uh, And some of us here are like that paralyzed man. Maybe we're going through seasons where we're sitting. We're like him sitting on a mat and it's our weaknesses or frailties or hurt or pain that is preventing us from seeing our breakthrough. And you know what we need, I believe, is people in our world who will share their vision with us, share their insight, share their perspective. It's like people can lend their eyes to us. And I love that thought that we can have a shared perspective. You know, there's such power in testimonies, such power in our stories. Revelation 12, 11 says we overcome by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the lamb, but, the, but also the word of our testimony. You know, I've been through many seasons in my life where I just, you know what, I, I could physically see, but I couldn't spiritually see. I couldn't see a way through. I couldn't see through the crowd. I was like the paralyzed man. And I'm so grateful for for people to have come into my world to do life with me. I can still remember meeting Janine from our botany campus. And I met Janine when we'd been trying for at least two years to have children. And Janine, she was further ahead in the journey than me, than Mike and I. And she had just had twins through IVF. And I was like, Lord, not the twins, but you know, it was awesome to know you, Janine. And uh, I was so grateful for her, for her insight, for her shared perspective. She was someone that was further down the journey than me. She could see 
see where I needed to be, see through the crowd. It was like she could help me get to Jesus. She said, Amy, I'm going to pray for you. I'm here for you. I've walked this journey and I'm going to walk it with you. And I don't know how and I don't know, and I don't know when, but I am believing that God is going to get you there. Some of you need to know that today. That is the power of a shared perspective that I believe um, is, is so important of a reason for you to join a small group. My second thought this morning is that not only does together mean a shared perspective, but it also means a vision for an alternative way. A vision for an alternative way. Um, just last week, we got to spend some time in Tauranga where my parents live, and it was awesome. We haven't been all year, and um, the kids got some pocket money, and our son, Josiah, um, decided he would buy a Rubik Cube with his pocket money. And I thought, oh, this is actually quite a good thing that he's chosen to spend his money on. I thought, well, how long will this last? You know, how I, I've never done one in my life. I don't know about you, but I think they're quite tricky. And so he could do one side, and then he got really stuck and annoyed and frustrated until dad came along and said, son, I've never done this either, but there's got to be someone on YouTube who can help us. So let's go looking. Let's go looking for an alternative way. Of course, they found somebody. And, um, you know, at first it was watching it via YouTube. And then they wrote like a, an instruction list for Josiah. It was like a cheat sheet. Um, and he had funny things they were talking. They would go left trigger, right trigger. U2, F2, right two, right prime, left prime. I'm like, what are you doing? Assembling a gun? No, thankfully not. <laughs> but their understanding of how that cube worked improved when they realized that there was another way. There was an alternative solution. And now Josiah doesn't even need that cheat sheet. He can complete the whole cube. I think he's down to 90 seconds. 90 seconds. I'm like, dude, where do you get your smarts from? dad. <laughs> um, so yeah, what I'm trying to say is that I believe we all need people in our lives who are going to point out that perhaps the usual or obvious way isn't the only way. Some of us will, um, you know, we try and find our answers, our breakthrough, our solutions through the same door that everyone else is going through. But what we really need, what we really need is people in our lives who will pull off those roof tiles, who will find another way and lower us down to Jesus. That's what we find in this story in verse 19. They couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, so they went up on the roof. And they lowered him down through the roof tiles in the middle of the crowd before Jesus. When the answer wasn't able to be achieved one way, they found another way. They didn't give up. They didn't just leave the man. Oh, well, sorry we've brought you this far. Oh, sorry, the crowd's too big. No, they found another way. And I love that we can do that for each other. I love that we can do that for each other. You know, the last few years I've got into running, um, I think I've done four half marathons. I'm not sure I'm going to do any more. I hit 40 and then it just all got too hard. It's like the body's not quite what it used to be. But the last half marathon I did in 2018 was the Whangarei half. And I don't know if any of you have done it or walked it, but it's not, put it this way, it's harder than the, um, than the ones I've done before. There's a few hills which aren't too nice. And I don't know what I did during training, overtrained, hurt myself, but I got 10Ks into the race and I was really struggling, like struggle street. And I thought, wow, I'm, I don't know if I can finish this. I don't know if I can do this. And I got to the very end of the race, comes a long hatia loop, and then you come up to the canopy bridge. And I don't know what happened, but that last little push, there's just a slight little hill. And um, I just felt my leg give way. And I 
you know, I kind of stopped. And, and then all of a sudden, I see my sister-in-law, Rach, coming towards me. And bless her heart, she had waited for me to finish. Because her husband, Tony, of course, was running at a much faster pace than me. Um, but she had waited, and she came out of the crowd, and she put her arm around me, and she helped me across the finish line. And apparently, there's a photo that I forgot that probably somehow I could have had, but next time, because I thought, well, this would make a great sermon illustration one day. But um, I'm so grateful for actually my sister-in-law, um, A, still being there waiting for me, and also that, you know, she could put her arm around me and help me across the finish line. You know, those are the, vi- those are the visions for an alternative way, that actually sometimes the alternative way is for someone to help you, actually to humble yourself. I was a little bit embarrassed. I kind of wanted to finish the race by myself, but actually I'm just so grateful that I reached out and that I grabbed her shoulder and that she helped me across the finish line. And so, you know, sometimes I just want to say that being humble, you know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace and favor to the humble. Actually asking for help is sometimes the bravest and hardest thing that we can do, but it's the best thing. It's the best thing that we can do. You know, what we need, what we need is a friend often to come alongside, to help us across the finish line, or friends to come and pull off the roof tiles and lower us down before Jesus. You know what? I believe he gives us collectively a vision for an alternative way. And lastly, my thought lastly this morning is that together means a multiplication of faith. Together means a multiplication of faith. Um, One of my favorite shows, um, well, I was really into like American Idol, New Zealand Idol, um, but is The X Factor. And you'll often see people audition individually or they'll audition as a group. And then sometimes in some of the shows of the seasons, those who auditioned individually get put into a group. Have you ever seen that? Um, Think One Direction, for those of you who maybe are my age or a bit younger any teenage girls in the house, you know, individually, they they were okay, but together, they went all the way. And that's the power and multiplication, I believe, applies to our faith. It's so amazing. You know, it can take place. We can might be able to conjure up a small amount of faith on our own, you know, maybe enough faith to believe for a car park or maybe enough faith to believe for a pay rise. But I'm telling you, something amazing happens when you put faith upon faith upon faith. And a a group of people meeting together, all of a sudden, wow, we're not just believing for a car park. We're believing for a miracle. We're believing for a healing. We're believing for a restoration of a relationship, of a marriage. Amazing things, exponential things happen. And God multiplies our faith. Because together we are stronger. We are stronger. And I believe it's a faith that will take us all the way to Jesus. We need each other. You know, in my own journey, I, there, was, there have been many times where like, I haven't even had the faith to pray for what it was that I was facing, but someone else, someone else in my world, in my community had faith for me. I love it. Verse 20, seeing their faith. He said to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, their faith. Their faith collectively together moved Jesus to forgive and to heal. And sometimes there's times in our lives where we can't muster the faith. We've maybe been broken down or battered or just bruised by life that, you know, we 
to stand with faith just feels impossible. We feel too overcome with doubt to believe. But maybe there's someone that can stand with you. Maybe there's someone who can stand in the gap for you. Maybe there's someone who can believe with you, can pray with you, can praise with you. And you know what I love? That prayer is such an important part of meeting together as a small group because that's what prayer does. It lifts the tiles off the roof, guys, and it lowers us down to Jesus. And we all need that, myself included. I love James 5.16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I love that. You know, in my small group just in the last term, you know, I've had one of, one of my girls uh, has seen a huge breakthrough in her life. She has overcome an addiction that has held her captive since her teenage years. Like this is huge. This is not car park. This is like miracle breakthrough stuff. And you know what? God has done a miracle in her. And yes, there's steps that she has taken and confession. But I also believe it was the group of girls around her who said, I'm gonna put my faith with your faith, with your faith and with your faith. And we're gonna believe that God's gonna do a miracle. And He has and He has and He will. And that's why, that's why we're so passionate about small groups here at Elam. That's why we truly believe that you need to be a part of one. Because in a small group, you will find freedom. You will take your next step in growing with God. You, and I'm just, I really want to encourage you. I believe that your perspective needs a small group. Your vision needs a small group. And your faith needs a small group. We're created to be in community. And uh, I believe that your life isn't just funner, you could say fuller, (laughs) happier or richer, but your life will be healthier. You will live longer. Your life is fuller because of community. And if my words can't convince you, I wanna share the words of Nathan Finocchio, who's an amazing theologian, part of the Hillsong Church community. And he wrote this about some research that took place. One of the most thorough research projects on relationships is called the Almeida Country Study. It's headed by Harvard Harvard social scientists and it tracked the lives of 7,000 people over nine years. Researchers found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. That's interesting, but not as interesting as this. Uh, he, He goes on to say, people who had bad health habits, not that I'm endorsing these, such as smoking, poor eating, obesity or alcohol use, but strong social ties lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits, but were alone. In other words, it's better to eat Twinkies with friends than eat broccoli, or crunchies with friends than eat broccoli alone. Can I get an amen? And Harvard researcher Robert Putman notes that if you belong to no groups but decide to join one, and you can do that today in the foyer, just adding that myself. So if you belong to no groups and decide to join one, you cut your risk of dying over the next year in half. How good is that? I'm like, yes, please sign me up. I didn't write it, but I'm just telling you what was said. And I'm telling you uh, that together is better together is better because we need each other. We need each other. Maybe it's time for you to join a small group. Maybe it's time to get reconnected again 
You know, I know this year's been tough and it's been hard, but maybe for term four, you know what? There's a small group waiting for you. We've got some new ones starting. Um, we've got a gardening group, a, um, a discipleship group, lots of Bible study groups that have lots of room in them. Families groups, men's, women's, there's a group for you. So you can head out to the table and uh, check out our groups, have a chat with somebody. We'd love to give you a call. You know, maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, Amy, not only do I not have community with other people, I don't have community with God. I am not right with God. And we always give an opportunity every time, every Sunday, for people to come into a relationship with God. The way we do that is having faith in Jesus Christ. You know, we are all sinners, myself included, in need of a Savior. Not one of us is righteous, not even one. And the wages of our sin is death. You see, that's why Jesus came. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. For those that put their hope and faith in Him, who will turn, repent from their sin and follow Him, that not only does He give us a purposeful life here on earth, but life forevermore when our life finishes here. And I just want to extend an opportunity to you because there is a place for you, my friend, in God's family. No sin, shame, guilt, will ever separate you from God's love for you. He loves you and He has a plan for your life. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, Amy, I'm not right with God, I would just love you to pray this simple prayer with me to get your life right, to find peace with God. It's the most beautiful gift, peace and salvation. And so here at Elam, we just love to pray this prayer uh, together. You can pray it out loud with us or in your heart and uh, God will hear you. And He will save you from your sins. And uh, you will be made in community with God and communion with God is the most beautiful thing. So let's pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And today I make you, Jesus, the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me to forgive my sin. I believe you rose again to give me life. I receive this new life. Please forgive me. Be my Lord and Saviour. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. And while every head is still bowed and eye closed, can I just ask you to be brave if you prayed that prayer for the first time or coming back to God? I'm gonna count to three in a moment. And if you did pray that prayer, could you lift your hand? just nice and high so that I can see it. There's a couple of spotters at the back because we would love to help you on your journey of following Jesus. You know, it's gonna, it's, just, it's an action that you can take. So here we go. Number one, God loves you. Number two, He's got a great plan for your life. And number three, you can put up your hand if you said yes to Jesus today. Right at the back, thank you. Awesome, so good. Is there anyone else this morning? Thank you, Lord. Oh, awesome. Well, Father God, I just want to thank you for the response and decisions that were made today. God, I thank you that you're having a party in heaven. Father God, the best decision that they can make to surrender their life to you. And I pray your blessing upon them. Father, your favor upon them. Lord, that they would truly feel community here. Um, Lord, and, and be surrounded by people that are gonna help them grow in their walk with you. And, and God, I just pray for every person here today, every family represented. I thank you that you, it is your heart that we um, are, are 
are in community, not just with you, Lord, but with each other, for we are better and stronger together. And Lord, I just pray that um, you would stir in those hearts, Lord, to keep committed to small groups if we're in one, Lord, or to maybe join one today. Father God, that, that Lord, um, our perspective needs it, our vision needs it, and our faith needs it. And Father, I just want to declare over term four small groups, Lord, that you would move in an awesome and miraculous way, that we would be standing and saying, wow, giving glory to you for the miracles that we have seen you do. Father God, I pray for breakthroughs. I pray for healing of relationships, Lord. I pray for... Father, just a vision to be restored. Lord, I pray for solutions to come. Lord, I thank You that You use us and use our story and our testimony. Lord, that we would be Your mouthpiece. Father God, that we would encourage one another, stir up our hearts, Lord, to live for You, Jesus. We're so thankful that we have You and we have each other. So Lord, bless my my whanau in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.